Hey, Relentless, Pastor Kevin here, and uh, anyone else who's listening, thanks for joining in today. I wanted to uh, share this episode with you. It's actually something I recorded recently with Dr. Fred Bishy, uh, health nutritionalist. He has been a raw vegan for 50 years. I did have another guest planned for this week, but unfortunately had some uh, cancellations that had to come up due to some family issues. But maybe we'll have him on again soon. I'll let you guys know who he is once I get him officially on the line. But for today, I'm going to share an episode that I recorded last week with, as I said, Dr. Fred Bishy, author of Your Healthy Journey, uh, raw vegan for, I believe, over 50 years, amazing man of God. He's addressing the best ways that we can uh, take care of our health, take care of our bodies, as well as take care of our minds during this time of pandemic and COVID-19. And if you're out here in Washington, it feels like things are getting a little bit better, getting a little bit easier. We've been seeing some good things happening. But uh, over here in New York, it's still a little uh, a little rough where Dr. Fred lives. So we'll be uh, doing that pretty soon. And go ahead and tune in. We'll hear you in a second. Bye. Good evening, everybody, uh, or morning, whenever you're tuning in and checking us out. This is Dr. Fred Bishy's Your Healthy Journey podcast, the official podcast with Dr. Fred Bishy himself. Uh, feel free to check in regularly as we'll try to keep content coming out pretty often. Uh, but this is our pilot episode, first episode. And so Dr. Fred Bishy is uh, over in New York, and I am over here in Washington, Kevin Johnson, helping co-host this guy and get it up and going. And so, Dr. Fred, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hey, hey. hello, everybody. Um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that uh, we I can have this conversation with Kevin and, you know, share what I think uh, in a positive way, how we can uh, address what's going on today with this coronavirus, but especially how we could uh, take our care of our bodies in a way we're gonna we're gonna have a very powerful immune system, and we'll have less of a chance of getting sick. You know, it's kind of controversial today about you know how much your your diet has to do with your immunity, and you know what's the best dietary lifestyle. There's so many, so much diversity out there, and so much, um, so many different opinions, and so many double-blind studies, and um, science, abstract scientific uh, information that actually contradict each other. But what I like to do is I like to go to keep it simple and go to the basic facts that seem um, kind of seem self-explanatory and very convincing. Absolutely. So, Dr. Fred, um, <laughs> let me just uh, ask, could you could you just give us a quick intro? Because most people that are going to be tuning into hearing this podcast and listening to you and what you have to say probably have some understanding of who you are, but just give us a, a, a quick three minute background of who you are, your experience and what, what it is you expertise in. And then we'll kind of start taking a, taking direction towards um, this COVID-19 and, and how we can help ourselves most in this time. Well, I, I've been, I'm a nutritionist at uh, with a PhD that's been in practice for, um, approximately about 55 years. And, um, um, up until the coronavirus 
problem started. I, I was head of the Spartan Nutritional Program. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I have my own. I'm head of the uh, Your Healthy Journey. It's a podcast where we, uh, with the help of somebody that um, works with me or will be, you know, was working with me, putting out information out there. I was, uh, I've authored a, a book and co-authored another book with uh, a few other people. You know, the book I authored was Your Healthy Journey and the other book was Ask the Elders with uh, Brian Clement and uh, um, Victoria Scovinches and Dr. Uh, Cousin. So, but uh, I've been, my practice has really been one-on-one. I sit down with people and I like to talk to people face-to-face and um, I have a, uh, I've over the last, um, you know, all these years, but more than a half a century, I've spoke to people with so many diversified problems, and I it's kind it was kind of like a double blind study for me because I saw what worked and re- what really didn't work, and I kept playing with the the dietary lifestyle, and there was so much information out there, but I kind of liked the information that uh, was coming out of Europe. I I found that. It was working best in my own life, and um, I devised a, a lifestyle with what, uh, which was really got profound results. But and people were able to do it, you know, if they they were uh, committed to it. And um, and then I started searching around when I was, you know, at that time I was searching around to uh, trying to find my way and getting right with God and. I had gone to Catholic school, and um, I was part of, you know, I wasn't a really, uh, um, you know, I wasn't a bad kid at all. I didn't have any yeah. kind of war story. But the thing is, that, you know, I, I always felt, felt there was a void in my life, an emptiness, you know. And, of course, I found out it was God, and I come to know who Christ was, which was, had changed everything for me. And then I started study. uh history and different cultures and I found some amazing cultures people that were very very healthy and some of them were tremendous athletes like for instance Tarahumara Indians in Mexico they're better runners than the Kenyans a lot of people never heard of them you know and to this day if they come to a long distance race everybody knows they're going to be set set you know if there's three of them people are going to be settling for fourth place and right you know, people looked at the Inuit Indians and the Maasai warriors. So I devised a, a way of helping people, which I called my intermediate level diet. And I found that it worked very, very well, how people deal with the, all chronic disease. Now, this intermediate level diet that you're referring to, which is in your book, Your Healthy Journey, uh, which can be found on Amazon, um, you can buy a copy right now if you want to amazon might get to you a little bit late uh with the whole outbreak stuff but in in that intermediate level uh nutritional um plan that 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 is a largely plant-based correct oh absolutely it's a plant-based diet see but i'm not dogmatic kevin because Mm -hmm. i realized that some people because i had decided because i was i lifted i trained very heavy with the weights when i was a kid and uh, i was a I was a, a big person, so I ate some animal protein, but I never ate a lot of it. But the way I mm-hmm. did it, the, the way I trained, which what I 
I kind of devised a system called the overload system that I, w- I worked out. I actually worked out one day a week and I worked out to exhaustion sometime for four or five hours with heavy, very weights and partial movements. And then wow. it took, uh, and I gave myself days to restore because it was, otherwise you couldn't train like that every day. And I found right. that it made me much stronger Super strong, much stronger than I expected. So then, um, I, you know, I was experimenting with my diet. And then what happened, I decided to go on an all-raw diet. Eat 100% raw. Because I met a guy that was eating an all-raw diet. And, then, and he didn't look like a strong person. He didn't really, to me, based on what I was thinking at that, at that time, that if you didn't have a big body and huge muscles that you really couldn't be strong. Well, I, I was, uh, I was, uh, I didn't have that quite correct for sure. So then yeah, I decided yeah. to, I got interested in uh, fasting. I, you know, we've discussed that numerous times. I realized the ultimate mm-hmm. uh, remedial process that God had given us was really fasting. It said, you know, a lot of different ancient scriptures and these scenes, a lot of, you know, in the the gospel, people spoke about fasting. In 72 places in the Bible, they spoke about fasting. And I was fascinated yep. by some of the things. As I studied the human body, I, I bought books on physiology. And uh, I actually got kicked out of a class because the professor said that you couldn't, uh, you know, you couldn't go without food more than 15 days. And I had already gone more than 30 days, you know, I had a, I was in, you know, was an experienced faster. (laughs) And when you're fasting, yeah, when you're an experienced faster, you know, usually when somebody goes, goes on a ketogenic diet, it takes a couple of weeks, they go through the the keto flu, what they, what they call the keto flu. That's, that's not what people think it is, you know. So when you're experienced faster Mm -hmm. and your body's able to switch to burning body fat, when you just don't have enough calories, you know, to, to your body will go to body fat. If you run out, if you're out of glycogen, you know, your body will go to body mm-hmm. fat. So I remember it was fascinating to me. I, I might be jumping all over the place here, but it was fascinating. Oh, it's all right. You're Am fine. I okay? It was fascinating. Yeah, you're good. You're doing great, Dr. Frey. It's your podcast. Okay. So <laughs> it was, fa- yeah, it was fascinating to, to me because I, I, I became fascinated by a number of Europeans, you know. And they mentioned the Stockholm Fast March, where 11 men drank water and they walked 330 miles. I said, wow, how's that possible? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was amazing. And then I also, uh, this, that kind of came later on. Dick Gregory was a political activist. He fasted 57 days and walked and ran 100 miles. And I had a, a television, I was co-host of a television show each way to health with Dr. Fred Bishy. We actually won the Nova Health Award. We had a lot of guests wow. come on, and, and some of it was controversial. A lot of people come on and says, oh, no, you could never do that. It was physically impossible, and you had to eat a lot of animal protein. Otherwise, you would waste away. And plant protein was an incomplete protein, and it would never satisfy your protein needs. And, you know, I, had, I found out that that all wasn't true because when you reduce your animal protein intake and switch to a plant protein, 
you actually went through a mm-hmm. period of weakness, a letdown, where your body was actually yeah. releasing the uh, nitrogenous byproducts. So people thought it was a protein deficiency. And uh, and then I mm-hmm. I got into fasting. I was so fascinated by fasting. And I believe I started to follow. I, I read a lot about Otto Buchinger, Ragnar Berg, and Dr. Carl Otto Ali, and Sergei Polanov, who was fasting people in Russia. And I says, the only way, there was two schools of thought. You could do it and you can't do it. You couldn't do it. And you were going to kill yourself or you were going to thrive. So the only way to, <laughs> for me to, to find a reality there was I decided to do everything myself. And it, it was difficult right. in the beginning because I went from weighing 208 pounds of solid muscle from training real heavy. And a couple of my brothers thought I was out of my mind. Why? They said, you're the healthiest, you're a very healthy guy. Why would you right. give up a physique like that to go on a vegan diet or go on a raw diet? But I had this curiosity. And the curiosity really came from, um, believe it or not, it came from a lack of self-esteem because I'm a dyslexic or I was a dyslexic, so I never felt advocate. So. Actually, luckily for me, it drove me to do things that, and it, you know, no matter what I did, it never seemed to satisfy me because I always felt kind of like a failure. So I started fasting. I fasted some short fast. I did some uh, fasting of, uh, you know, 10, 15 days. And then I went on to longer fast. Nope. Were these just like, yeah, water, no, they were no, water, explained, like yeah, was these water? water? Yeah, nothing okay. but water. Okay. And in those days, okay. I drank distilled water. And then I would, uh, mm-hmm. I realized, you know, according to the literature from the Europeans and, you know, from some of the old-time natural hygienists, you, get, you should rest. You know, a lot of people tell you, no, go out and exercise because you'll lose more weight. It's not about weight loss. It's about your body releasing the vital force to heal you, to get rid of the problems wow. that you have. And not only right. not only physical, but spiritually, because when you fast mm-hmm. and you pray, you're consecrating that fast with the grace of God, the power of God. If you don't, you're just on a hunger strike. You're just going without food. That's a big difference, <laughs> trust me. Right? It is a big I, difference. I, I, I can attest, that. yeah. So what happens, I actually lost, and I'm not suggesting people do any of this. I just want them to realize that I tested the waters myself, studied the science. At that time, I used, I studied Guyton's book on physiology, another book I got in school on physiology. And in those days, I had a, an uncanny memory. And, and I still have a fairly mm-hmm. good memory at 90 years old, in spite of having four brain concussions. The last one, a year and a half, I got hit with a baseball and a baseball game right in the head knocked me actually i was running and standing up i didn't really know i thought somebody had actually thought somebody had shot me i didn't in my unconscious mind yeah so what happened i lost all that weight and i went down to somewhere around 130 pounds but um the uncanny thing is that everybody was telling me what are you doing you look terrible you you know you, you don't look good but I felt amazing. I felt amazing. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. 
Yeah, I think for anyone that's yeah. done a fast, like an actual water fast for a long enough period of time, can agree with you. Like, I mean, after a certain amount of time uh, abstaining from food, you you start to feel better. And it's very, very strange at first. Yeah. Well, don't forget, we're not recommending anybody do anything like that right now during this crop. We're just, I'm just leading up to, up to something. Why the human body has a, such a marvelous biological organism where if we keep it clean, we will, it's going to, the body, you're going to have such a powerful immune system. You're going to be, you know, you're gonna, it's going to be hard for your body to support a virus. You know what I'm saying? So, right. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't a, be good a good host. host. Right. The, a virus <laughs> needs a host cell. It has to find the weakened cell to, to utilize the DNA to proliferate. So, and then what right. happened is that <clears throat> I kept, I, ha, uh, I forget at what time I was, you know, because I wanted to continue lifting weights. I love doing chin-ups. I used to dip, do uh, parallel bar dips with 150 pounds. Chins with a lot of weight around my waist. And uh, I wanted to continue. Wow. I would say, wow, I was curious to see how strong I could get on a raw diet. All I had to do was increase the calories. But I didn't realize that at that time. Mm-hmm. There was one guy in particular that was supposed to be a friend of mine. He kept telling me I was going to fail and all that type of stuff. He wasn't getting enough vitamin E. He wasn't getting enough of this. He wasn't getting any uh, complete protein and all that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, I decided... Um, he was a lot of static in my life, a lot of bad, you know, white noise that I didn't need as I plowed my way through all this stuff. I had to let the guy go. And mm-hmm. what, so what happened is that I had a car accident, a bad car accident. I damaged my right shoulder. And I realized now it was a mistake. I should have got surgery. But uh, the pain went away right very, very, very quickly. And I thought it was going to heal. And I didn't realize the head of the humus was crushed. And what happened, that shoulder fused together, so I'm not able to get my right arm up in the air. So I wasn't able to lift weights over my head or do chins or anything like that. I could do some um, uh, dips on parallel bars, but, you know, it put stress on that shoulder. So I kept, I did push-ups, and I did the, I worked out with dumbbells, you know, stayed very, very muscular. And uh, then I decided to get into uh, long distance running and being an extremist right away. I set my goals on, you know, some of the things, uh, you know, I just wasn't going to be satisfied with something. So I started to train. I started training very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, I was on a raw diet and I was drinking juices. I was drinking right. a lot of green juices, eating a lot of salads, eating avocados and nuts and things like that. And eating some sprouts and, you know, I would train hard and I would look, you know, I would train hard, eat a lot of vegetables, raw vegetables. And I, by the end of the week, I would, I would, I would lose weight. And I was, uh, I was a thin guy, but I felt right. pretty strong. <laughs> and being a, you know, a guy with a very, very uh, strong will, because I couldn't fail, I'd rather die than fail because unconsciously, I would feel like, you know, it, the inadequate guy that I thought I was when I was a kid, I really wasn't, you know what I mean? So the thing was, then, yeah. and of course, there was a lot of people saying the same nonsense, you know, 
you know, don't eat uh, too much fruit, you know, don't drink uh, too much carrot juice, you're going to turn orange and all. So I was uh, trying to pay attention to that. And then one day I went into a race and forget about it. That was a 10K race. I mean, I was embarrassed. I said to myself, I, I should be able to, you know, <laughs> run this, go blast through this, run through this easy. And I didn't, you know. So that, yeah, I thought about oh, it. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I just saw it. I said, I'm just not putting enough gas in, in the gas tank. Then I realized what I had to do, you know. Okay. So, so Dr. Freddie, so with your, um, basically, a six, is, it has been 60 years of just experiential um, study, as well as, uh, you know, uh, going to at college and otherwise to get your nutritional degree. Um, that's really developed where you're at now. And, and you're, you're not saying for everyone, like, Oh, you have no, to absolutely no, be a raw no, vegan no. <laughs> to to be successful or to live well or to have a have a good healthy immunity. But like, um, but you personally have been a raw vegan for how many years now? About fifty five years. I I I be perfectly honest. You, I don't know. I don't remember the exact you know, time when I stopped. But it's more than a half right. century, you know. Right. So, and, and through this, I mean, you you oh, yeah, you survived. I, I, through all kinds of sick, uh, potential well, sicknesses that would came your way. With you, I, I, I never had a virus. I have never had a virus. But in my early 80s, we had a lot of mold in this house. And of course, we had a sewage back up from the neighborhood. All this raw sewage come into the, uh, the ground floor where my office was. And, you know, they, they cleaned it up, but I didn't realize mold was proliferating in there. And I stayed in there. And after about a you know, I worked in there six days a week, and after about, uh, I don't know, a couple of years, I started to cough, and it got progressively worse, and, you know, I, I would look at the mold there at the, where the baseboard was, and I found out it was going to cost me $13,000, so I didn't have the money at the time. I don't char- I didn't charge people a lot of money, and uh, the mold almost killed right. me. It either, I, you know, it got into my lungs, and it got into my heart. And it ate a hole right through my forehead, my through my sinus cavity, because it comes in through your airway. And, uh, I mean, it was amazing. My mm-hmm. wife said I looked like a unicorn because my forehead, and it was pretty painful. And I went to see this doctor, Nevin wow. Mather, and he thought I had brain cancer, you know. And, he was, yeah, he was a very great doctor. Oh, he was a professor. And he said, don't get nervous. Uh, I'm going to send you to the best yeah. doctor for this problem. I said, Dr. Mather, I'm a big boy. I said, what do you think? I have cancer? No, don't worry about it. I wasn't worried. I mean, I was just, yeah, I wanted to find out what it was. I had absolute faith in God. I knew who Christ was. I did all that fasting and praying, you know. And uh, I went to see this guy. He was a Mm -hmm. surgeon. And, uh, you know, they said I didn't have uh, cancer. They thought it could have come from a fungus. I told him I was exposed to mold. I had to move out of the house, otherwise I would have died. Mm-hmm. So what happens, uh, they scheduled me wow. for surgery. They're going to take out my forehead. They're going to put a metal plate in my head. And uh, I told my youngest daughter not to tell the doctor that I had just recovered from pneumonia. Of course, the mold causes serious inflammation, irritation. So if it gets in your lungs, you just can't stop coughing. Right. And so what happened is right. that... Uh, they would, I was going into uh, getting ready for surgery, and 
my friend was with me and my wife was with me and they taken me in. Of course, my daughter told the doctor what was going on and the anesthesiologist said, Mr. Bishop, we can't let you go into surgery. First of all, you know, you're not a young man and there's risk when you're not a young man going under general anesthesia and you've had pneumonia, you know. So I says, all right. I was a little disappointed, right. a little angry more than anything. So I come walking out right away mm -hmm. and everybody was looking at me. My wife and was looking at me and said, what happened? They said, well, they won't put me under surgery because I had pneumonia. So that was a, a defining. I always talk about defining moments in the person's life. That definitely was a defining moment. I prayed over it. I said, you yeah. know what? I'm not going to do this. If it's my time, it's my time. So I went home. I stayed right on. My raw diet, you know what I mean? Because this, my life is now, this is the, the latter part of the experiment. My life was an experiment. I didn't have to do this. I was basically a healthy guy. But the great thing yep. about it is that God had a plan for me. There was a great revelation there, defining moment. All this brought me to, uh, you know, a life-saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ and what he does. You know, I don't, I don't want to, you know... Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, offend anybody that don't believe that, but I'm just sharing my experience. Sure. So what happened? I went home and they, uh, they took me out of Mount Sinai Hospital in a, in a wheelchair. I was really a mess. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I went home and I couldn't stand up. It was, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, I really didn't think I was at that time. When that happened, I really wasn't going to, I wasn't, didn't think I was going to really pull out of it. But you know what? I, you know, being that I have that mindset, you know, I, and I guess God gave me that mindset is that, you know, it's just, you know, you don't, you know, it's, I guess, I don't know what it is. You just don't quit. You just don't step back. You know what I mean? So hmm. what happened is that within a week, yep. I had a physical therapist came to the house and my wife says he wants to go out. And the guy said, I'm not a young fellow, I'll go out. And I said, just help me to walk. That's all, hold my arm. And of course, I mean, I look like somebody just got out of a concentration camp. It was really kind of comical. And uh, so I got out, I walked up wow. and down in front of the house and, and fresh air made me feel good. I felt very encouraged, you know, I, Kind of felt like let let me add them type of an attitude, and it was pretty pretty funny. You know, I saw a couple of people looking at me like, hey, "What did that guy think he's doing?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, do, who does know, he think he's going to take on? Right? Week, I was out walking <laughs> yeah. on my own, and then you know I was back. I was drinking juice. Okay. I certainly wasn't taking in a lot of protein. Everybody was saying, "You know, you got to eat animal protein." I wasn't eating any. I wasn't even in a lot of protein i was just taking in right. a lot i was getting enough calories you see if you're getting enough calories you're getting right. enough protein number let me let me try to explain something here number number one need is oxygen okay. and you should be breathing clean air number two is water it should be clean water number three is rest it's not protein it's not rest. calories it's sleep if you got those, if you got those three things, hmm. you have a, you can make a lot of different choices in your lifestyle as long as it's clean. 
If some guy wants to eat some animal protein, but within the base of a plant-based diet, it'll work if you got the other three. The other three is the common denominator. Every dietary lifestyle that works has those three as a common denominator and leave it out to processed food. I don't care whether you're eating high you know, a macrobiotic diet, the high approach, except diets like the Atkins diet. And these people are just pushing diets years ago, pushing diets that were just animal protein and ate some of the things like the Saxon, the oh, Arthur yeah. Saxon did where he ate so much protein. He was the strongest guy in the world. He died of kidney failure. <laughs> so I started yeah. to, I, I recovered, started to recover very, very quickly. It was pretty amazing. So it wasn't within... A short time that I was out here, you know, walking through the hills like it was nothing. And I don't remember the time frame. Maybe uh, three months or so I was really running and everything like that. Then I started to, you know, go down to the beach and go run along the ocean. And, you know, I started doing, uh, I was doing, uh, I looked at the Shaolin monks on and off the years. I looked at different, I, I enjoyed watching people that, you know, that strive to do the things that people told you you couldn't do, you know. And then <clears throat> I, uh, when I right. had that show, to go back in retrospect, some people were talking about, you know, fasting and yep. running, and they said, "Oh, you couldn't do it." And uh, I was, I had been doing a lot of fasting, and some guy said, uh, "You think you could do something like that?" I knew I could, but I didn't want to you know, act like a braggart of some type. And they said, well, I'd like to see you do it. So I said, okay. I said, you know, I just, I did a long, just recently did a long fast. I'm, I'm on the thin side. How about if I fast 10 days and we go to the park, Grove Lake Park, and then I'll go for a run. The guy said, all right. So I fasted 10 days and I didn't realize there was going to be about 50 people there taking pictures and I was really thin. So I fasted 10 days and I yeah. actually did it most people trust you know I would be telling the truth because a lot of my close friends knew I was fasting a lot and I'm not telling people to fast a lot now don't I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea here so so what happens I went sure. out and I ran 10 miles through the whole the hills of Cove Lake so a lot of people don't realize when they talk about burning body fat you know ketones it's not a primary system you can't do it permanently it's not like diabetic ketoacidosis you know you die right so people uh, you know you you if you're not getting enough calories and you're switching you're producing body fat you're producing ketones so it's okay to burn you know to lose weight that Mm -hmm. way but it's not it's not the primary way is to follow a plant-based diet and right well, and, and even for me, I like, you know, I, I, we've had a conversation before about the ketogenic diet because I, I had experienced uh, some levels of success um, through the ketogenic diet. But but just like you said, it, it did get to a point yeah, where it, it just stops working. And and then after and after I stopped uh, doing the ketogenic diet, exactly. Well, that's just what happened with the Atkins diet. That's right. You know, a lot of people tried different types of right. high protein or soul protein. And that's what happened. Of course, it works well in the beginning. It's like a mono diet. You know, if you, if you remember what I told you, mm-hmm. the priorities are, if you're drinking water, that means you're breathing air, 
you're drinking water, and you're getting enough rest, and you get enough calories. So if you want to eat 10 pounds of meat like Arthur Saxon did, you'll get away with it in the beginning, and you'll feel good, and you'll be super strong. But you're not going to be around very long. You know, you're going to be, you know, good chance. What's going to happen to you is what happened to Arthur Saxon. He died of kidney failure at 43. I knew a lot of guys when I was lifting weights. He lifted, you know, a tremendous amount of protein. And, you know, you look at some of the old-time bodybuilders Mm -hmm. when steroids first came around. And, you know, they had unbelievable physiques, you know. But, you know, who died when they were in their 60s and 70s? And some of the great trainers, they might have made it to 80 years old or, you know, but a lot of them had joint problems and, oh, my goodness, they had a lot of problems. And some of them, in fact, the strongest guy I ever knew, uh, pers- you knew about personally, is uh, was a local New York City guy who was, he just ate a regular diet. He didn't eat excessive amount of protein and he did not eat any protein powders. And mm-hmm. that was Marvin Eder. Marvin Eder could bench press over 500 pounds at 195 pounds body weight, do an iron cross with, I don't know, 70, 80 pound dumbbells. And he did dips with 300 pounds. He had guys hanging on him when he did shins. And he was just an unbelievable type of guy. Of course, he was genetically endowed. But the point, what I'm leading up to here mm-hmm. is that the body has this, is this fabulous bi- uh, biological organism, has this diversity, this ability to respond to what you do. Everything is chemical and everything is actual reaction. If we treat the body accordingly and try to live a clean a life where the body does not have an excessive endogenous material, we are going to have a much better chance of not being sick. Right. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be a superman and you're going to live forever. You're never going to get sick. But I right. am saying the, the, the incidence of disease is going to be reduced dramatically. Right. We so have that, a better chance. Yeah. I, I, so let me let me ask you a question with that. So um, with because uh, it's great um, kind of pivot to when they have less endogenous waste in your in your system because you're eating healthier because you're leaving out it, as you always famously say it's what you leave out that matters you know um, oh absolutely and, and right. so but with, with that. Um, now that we kind of are in crisis mode, I feel it's kind of like uh, the middle-aged man who uh, just kind of keeps going on with life. And then finally, one time at the doctor says, you got to lose 30 pounds or you're going to be, you know, uh, having a heart attack. And then finally, that's something that wakens them or, or hey, you're, 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 you have a, you know, pre-hypertension. So if you don't want to have diabetes, you better do something about it before our next doctor appointment they have that crisis moment that says, I, I need to do something now. Right. I feel like in some ways, um, America, if, if not the whole world is, is reaching that crisis moment without the doctor point, because they're like, now we have this virus, this invisible enemy that we can't see or fight. So to speak, we, especially in America, living off of the standard American diet, you know, of drive through and fast food and, processed food and, and all kinds of, you know, we're the, we're the human ex, uh, food experiment here in the United States. Um, how can people right now do anything? What, what's, what's a hopeful, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, prayer. I mean, we, we, I just heard, as you mentioned, 
the Pope uh, called the entire world to prayer uh, on the day that we're recording this episode. But so prayer is prayer is major. But what are some things that people can do now that they've had this revelation of like, if I get this virus, I'm already in a high risk because even I was reading some of it, people with that are overweight or obese are considered high risk for this virus. And and it's like, I mean, look, that's all of America. So it's like essentially everyone out here is at some level high risk. Um, so let me ask you, what are some things that people could do to help help them in this time, right? Good ideas. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you couldn't probably mention, you know, the, as the president's mentioning us quarantining, you know, uh, self-quarantining, uh, keeping away from other people for a while. But like, are there any other thoughts or ideas that we could be doing to try and help one another or help ourselves in this time? Yes, absolutely. First and foremost, uh, from my perspective, I, I, I would uh, I would definitely encourage everybody to listen to uh, the president uh, medical board like Dr. Fauci and everything. Remember, this is this is very, very Monday quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. This is a very, very serious and unusual um, situation. Of course, uh, use practicing cleanliness and, uh, you know, staying away from crowds. Of course, you know, a lot of people think I'm healthy. I'll go out there and it's not going to bother me. Well, you might infect somebody else, you know, if you have, like me, I have grandchildren. And, uh, um, you know, I, I'm not kidding myself. I know that because I had such a serious uh, exposure to mold, I'm probably immunocompromised. I don't feel it, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think because of my lifestyle, I've helped with a lot of it. But, uh, you know, I feel really, really, really good. But And I'm also aware that, a lot of people that watch this type of stuff that if I was to die in a plane crash from 120, I'm 110 or something like that, they're going to blame it on my diet. So that doesn't bother me. But what I would encourage people to do is listen to the experts, of course, and remember the first word I told you, you know, try to get breathe, breathe clean air, you know, and uh, if you're locked in the house, and, um, you know, the windows are closed all the time. You're worried about germs coming in. You could be breathing devitalated air. So try to have some kind of a uh, uh, something to keep to purify the air in the house or make sure you get out and go for a walk, you know, an isolated walk or something amongst the trees or something like that get to, to kind of clean out your lungs. And um, there's all kinds of things you could do in the house to keep you be busy. You know, you do yoga and jigong and read, and things like that, and try to eat light, you know, don't have to worry, you know, you know, you <laughs> everybody's so obsessed uh... with all this the macro and micronutrients, you're eating a plant-based diet, a variety of different foods, it's pretty hard to fall into a kind of a deficiency, except for maybe vitamin B12 over a long period of time, which is easy to supplement, and then it's, right. everything is a trade-off, you know, everything's a trade-off, so for all the benefits you're going to get, of course, people know. And I'm not saying everybody should be a vegan. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying sure. that don't overeat on the animal protein. Look at the quality right. of the food. Make sure you're, mm-hmm. drinking, get, you know, you're drinking water, clean water. And there's a lot of controversy about what kind of water to drink. You know, there's alkaline water machines out there. There's distilled water. Uh, some of these uh, alkaline water machines, the acid water is powerfully antiviral, antibacterial. 
and right. you could take probiotics. They, you know, they might, probiotics actually help establish a, health, a very healthy microbiome. That's where your immune system is. If you don't have a lot of garbage there, the pathogenic bacteria don't have a chance of overwhelming the good guys. And then if right. that's the case, it's going to be a, harder for a virus to um, proliferate in your body. So, right. And remember, you, you, I see one thing, one thing I remember when I was growing up during the 30s and the 40s, and I, I heard a lot about the Spanish influenza. My mm-hmm. uh, 1918 Spanish flu, I think about 500 million, <laughs> million people were affected. And right. I think like between 50 and 100 million people died. My mother was one of those people. They put her on Brothers, North Brothers Island in the East River. And the people that were trying to run the place, they, they succumbed to the virus. My father drank a quarter of whiskey, went home, brought my mother home, and she survived. So I always, I always remembered the uh, Spanish influenza. The first wave, people got sick. A lot of people got died. But it was second cycle. The second cycle was really where most of the people died. I, I, I think so explain, all, explain huh? second cycle. Uh, go ahead and explain that second cycle to us. Because, I mean, like, uh, Spanish flu, I know a lot of people have been looking to it uh, during this time. But, like, explain the second cycle. Well, the second cycle, when they, when they thought it was starting to recede, it came back with a vengeance. Why? Why? Um, you know, I think people started to relax. So I remember, go on the Internet. There's a lot of information on the Internet. I think, like, 175,000 people died in New York in a couple of weeks there. And there was a third cycle that it was, it was going away. But uh, do people have an immunity when they've been exposed? They're trying a, a blood plasma thing with people that had the disease. They're going to try people that had the disease, uh, that have the antibodies. They're going to give a, um, some blood plasma with the antibodies. But remember, if you're eating a, a real healthy diet, and it's clean. You never, never over. You don't overeat. You're not eating late at night or early in the day because of circadian rhythms. You could be exposed to it, never have a symptom, and have the antibodies. It's like doing the blood plasma treatment. Yeah, I, hmm. I don't know if I'm making myself clear. Do you follow? What I'm no, saying? no. So, yeah, I do. So, I mean, because you could, you could be exposed to. You're saying, for example, COVID nineteen have no symptoms, but your body developed the antibodies but because you were such a healthy host you, had, you, you just sick developed some people are not getting some people that have the, the uh, test positive are not really getting that sick in fact i saw something on television the other day where i think it was dr fauci said that uh, originally they said oh young people are not going to get sick now they're finding out people uh, 18 to 43 i think 27 percent of the people are testing positive so what happened? They said that, well, of course, in Europe, young people weren't getting sick. But what about the lifestyle in Europe? How does it compare to the standard American diet? Much better. That's the key. Yeah. So what is our lifestyle? A lot of people say, oh, you know, lifestyle, diet has nothing to do with any of this. Oh, I don't believe that at all. I mm-hmm. think that is a major mistake. Now, are the, are the traditional experts talking about lifestyle and food what you eat and everything i haven't heard anything i really haven't mm-hmm. now is that their expertise i don't think so i don't really know how much influence right. 
uh, in the outcome to, uh, you know, the powers that be that stand to make billions of dollars, maybe trillions of dollars in people not realizing lifestyle, how you take care of your body could give you a, a natural immunity that's unsurpassed. So people, mm-hmm. people got to wake up. And I, you know, I don't want to step out, uh, the, the, you know, step outside the bounds of what I'm supposed to be telling people. But what I'm telling right. people around me and my family who, who you know, they, they know me. They, it's, it's a little, <laughs> dip, might be a little bit different than I'm saying for pub, in public, but people have sure. to be, and be careful. There's all kinds of people suggesting different things and, you know, of course, there's a lot of things that could help you. You know, of course, like uh, lipospheric vitamin C, high doses of vitamin uh, D. Uh, if you're infected, a couple hundred thousand of uh, um, vitamin A. See, I'm not really, really, I'm not even really supposed to say that. I'm just providing that's sure. information. I'm not uh, telling anybody to do some of this stuff. There's a lot of other things you could do. Right. When I was exposed mm-hmm. to the mold, I mean, I was a disaster. I spent almost a uh, hundred dives in a hyperbaric chamber. I got into a hyperbaric, which is awesome. It helped my right. my breathe, my lungs. You know, it was amazing what it did for me. How strong I felt yeah. and everything in many different ways. So, so, and and that, I mean, that's the thing is really just learning how to insulate yourself against sickness in general um, by living different lifestyle. I think I've heard you say before. Uh, it, it might have been in another podcast, uh, but um, was many, many diseases that Americans face or, or even die from are lifestyle diseases. Oh, absolutely. All chronic diseases are you know, lifestyle diseases. And some chronic diseases become acute diseases. I've seen people recover from things I can't say. I wouldn't even say it because, you know what I mean? Uh, you right. know, people have their eye on me already. I don't want to, you know... I, I, that's uh, forget about it. You know, like two diabetes. Right. I saw my brother-in-law sent me something, uh, a video about some guy. He's called the. He's a pastor, a black gentleman. He's called the health minister. Did you? Did I? I sent you that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Is, I think it said the the uh, most wicked tool against uh, black Americans. I think is, is like the yeah, satanic American what diet. The guy said yeah, was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's true. Like type diabetes, type two diabetes. I mean, it's the like that gentleman said. It's the gateway to a lot of other diseases. If you got type two diabetes, Mm -hmm. you have fifty percent better chance of getting uh, heart disease. You know, going on dialysis, getting cancer, and of course, you know, you have a better chance of being vulnerable to uh, different types of viruses. You know, right. Let me ask you a quick question um, so I, uh, so we can get your opinion on it. Not that you're prescribing anything, but I saw some articles recently, and they, they tend to get squashed uh, as soon as they get uh, posted because, you know, they're not flashy and you can't make a lot of money off of them probably. But um, in some places, they're finding intravenous um, vitamin C to be incredibly effective. What is your opinion on why maybe that could be a thing uh, in, in other countries or, or is that possible or, or why would that even? Well, ascorbic uh, acid is not, is a, 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 um, 
is not the same as uh, 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 natural vitamin C found in your food because it leaves a very acid ash. But when you take it in high dose, mm. if you take it orally in high doses, because it is so acidy and it's actually a vitamin that when it's made, it's made as a chemical, it'll give you diarrhea. So when you get up, that's why they, a lot of people are told to take it to bowel tolerance. So when your body starts and you get diarrhea, that means your body's not absorbing it. So, but, so, but mm. if you give it to somebody intravenously, it bypasses the stomach. So you can give somebody, you know, 50,000 milligrams or 50, 50 grams. And, uh, you know, because it's so acid forming, it could, you know, work against viruses and the bacteria, you know, but um, I'd rather see people create, it does work to a degree. I've seen people use it that had serious illnesses, but I never seen it, you know, work the way, uh, the way, uh, you know. They're saying it is, yeah. Works, you know what I mean? You know, fasting, that type oh, of yeah. diet. But it does work. You know, some people, anybody wants to do that, they should make, excuse me, let me get a drink of water. They should make their own choices, you know? Right. That is, that brings up a good um, question uh, that someone asked on your Instagram. And if you don't follow Dr. Fred Bishy on his Instagram, uh, feel free to do that now. He's just at Fred Bishy. That's F-R-E-D-B-I-S-C-I. And uh, you can ask some questions on there as we post uh, some some polls from, from time to time. But one of the concerns that were expressed on your, your Instagram as a result of this COVID-19, I'm just trying to pull it up here. Okay. This is a question uh, by Regeneration uh, Raw. And uh, he says, how can, or maybe she, I can't see the uh, picture, sorry. How can a raw foodist prepare for mandatory vaccinations? And I think they're referring to the fear. Um, I know that that uh, Bill Gates has been, he started a new business and he's really trying to get basically everyone on the planet vaccinated and microchipped and all this kind of like weird stuff. And, and we're like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to go down the conspiracy rabbit trail right now, but with um, moving forward with this, significance of COVID-19 and the potential of mandatory vaccinations, that's, this is the question they say is how can a raw foodist prepare for mandatory vaccinations, whether they do or do not happen? Well, they probably are going to happen. You know, there's no, I've done tremendous over the years, tremendous amount of uh, study uh, from a scientific perspective and the effect of vaccination on individuals and how much of an immunity it really creates. So the problem is that if you're a guy like me, a raw foodist, um, you're going to be um, more susceptible because your body is cleaner and it's more susceptible to some of the potential side effects from vaccinations, you know. But how you could prepare for it is that you'd have to do so, a lot of cleansing after the vaccination and make sure that you're taking some kind of a heavy, using something to get rid of the heavy metals and you have to, you know, get tested to find some, but see a lot of people are afraid to do it. They're not going to, they're not going to do these type of tests on you. You know, they, they, they don't want to get, get caught in the co- controversy and lose their license, you know, you know, right. for me, yeah. if, uh, no, if I, I if uh, I had to get vaccinated, 
I'm not fearful. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not really afraid. But yeah, it's easy. There might people say it's easy for him to say he's 90 years old. He's probably not going to be around long anyway. Well, that might be true. That might not be true. You know what I mean? But the key is that, right. uh, you know, I'll, I'll do what I have to do. I'll fast. I'll, I'll take uh, zeolite. Uh, dissol- I could take... Uh, 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 humic or fulvic acid to pull the heavy me- metals out of my system. There's a lot of things you could do. I'd rather not discuss, talk about that too much publicly because I don't want to have too many problems, yep. you know, but there are a lot of things yep. that you could do, you know what I'm saying? Okay, that's that's good to know. Um, and then uh, let's see here. Let, let's go ahead and let's, let's grab... Maybe one or two other quick questions that some people wanted to ask randomly, because I mean, obviously, a lot of people want to know about COVID nineteen, all, all these things, pneumonia, um, you know, ventilators. Like, you know, what can I do to help prevent my lungs? But um, maybe we can get into that one on our next recording. Let's just go ahead and ask um, one of these other ones that are a little bit lighter. Uh, let's see here. It would say, um, "How do you stop overeating when you know?" Uh, when you know about fasting and eating less, well, you know this is some, this is really this is really something um, that's a real problem. You know, we are we do there is a major psychological component to hunger. Why do intelligent people, when they have a problem, eat foods that are directly involved in the course of that problem? Why do they do it? We're all guilty of that one time or another, uh, and. I mean, I'm, I remember I was when I was young because of my, um, you know, being that I was a dyslexic, nobody knew what it was. I didn't have great self-esteem, although I trained and worked out. I looked big. I, you know, made a, a, a nice appearance and everything like that. But actually, I was kind of like an empty shell like, because of my lack of faith. But once I had that great revelation faith-wise, and then it kind of makes you like a fearless type of a person. And a lot of people think that's like a type of a brainwashing. Not the case at all. It has nothing to do with that, you know. It's really... And, of course, the next book I want to write is The Case for Intelligent Design. And there are scientists that believe that now. They won't label it God as God because of organized religion, you know. And there is... If you, you take a look, and if you take a look, and you realize that the most... Profound minds on this planet can never understand understand the infinite mind, whatever started this. It's infinite. And we are finite. The smartest guy in the world, smartest woman in the world, has a finite mind. And to, I, it'd be very stupid for me to evaluate, to try to figure out, to have all the answers. What I found out is to tap into the source, you know, tap into nature to see what your body is really capable to do. Your body is an unbelievable, unbelievable biological organism. It really knows what to do. As long as we get out of the way and understand natural law, it knows what to do. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people, you know, I remember when the guy that was head of the pathology department in Harvard told me I wasn't going to live a long time if I ate a raw diet. I mean, and there was another guy that was head of the nutrition department who said, you ate a hamburger, a hot dog, and a malted milk. You got your B vitamins, you got your protein, and that's the way they looked at it. 
Now, we all know somebody. Somebody was telling me today they knew somebody was 93 years old and they ate a terrible diet. And Freddie, do you think that's possible? I'm sure it is. I know guys that did drugs and you name it, did the worst things in the world. But that's not a rule that you want to live by. There are exceptions to the rule. There's some people have unbelievable genetics, you know what I'm saying? So uh, right, there right. is, your body has specific biological design. What I mean by that is that, see, this is a simple rule of thumb you could go by. I want to take a sip of water. A simple rule of thumb you can go by, just keep it simple and look around in nature. I think we discussed this already. Look that, realize that, mm-hmm. every, I went to the zoo. I went to two different zoos when this caught my attention years ago. Look around and you see every animal has a species-specific diet. And animals are instinctual. You're not going to take a lion or a tiger and throw a bag of carrots in his cage and he's going to eat them. You know, he wants raw meat. He has right. all the equipment yeah. to and instinctually eat his diet. He has the canines, the type of teeth he has, they're made to rip and shred, the number of teeth he has, the uh, strength of his um, digestive juices. He has the hunting tools, his claws. And some people say, oh, we have canines. Come on, they're not. They're not real canines. You look at an alligator. You look at a giraffe. He's got a long neck, square teeth. He leaves off a tree. You look at an elephant. And then you hear other sides of the coin, which are ridiculous. You hear people say, you want to be strong like an elephant? You know, <laughs> be a vegetarian. You know, be a vegetarian. <laughs> Come on. Hey, that's a good point. You know, I mean, the, the strongest guys out there, they're uh... – you know, an elephant and even hippos. Aren't hippos yeah, mostly herbivores? Is, we're a different species of animal. Yeah. That's not good justification for us to be, you know, vegans or vegetarians. The key is we are designed based on our, and we are cerebral. And we have adapted to eating some animal right. protein over thousands of years. But we are designed to eat a plant-based diet. Now, I'm not going to argue with some guy thinks he wants to eat. Well, whatever, eat whatever you want. If you're getting those, if you're getting clean air, water, enough rest, you can eat the bark off a tree, and you're going to do good in the beginning. You know, or you can eat a, you know, <laughs> you can eat roadkill, yeah, you know, whatever you want to do. But the body has very specific design, sure. and the big, the big question is, can you get enough protein without eating an animal? That is, you know, that to me, that's getting to be a ridiculous question. And a lot of people don't realize what's happening right. there. They don't have the experience. You know, they haven't lived through these different types of uh, lifestyles. They haven't seen some of the strongest men in the world that were meat eaters die young. And like Arthur Saxon was a very impressive guy. But he died from kidney failure. He ate like 20 eggs. Look it up. It's all out there. Four pounds of bacon. Yeah. Ten yeah. pounds of beef. You know. You know, but you know, how much can your body take, right. you know? I remember guys years ago that I trained with. I exactly. used to run a gym. People used to talk about all the great trainers in California. Half of those, listen, one thing I learned, and I got to realize, I, I admit I was naive. You know, you talked about, you, you know, they asked, I remember the show I used to have where they asked people what you eat. You know, I, 
I should have gave people a lie detector test, but of course, very few people have to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, went, I went to run in the marathon uh, yeah, many years ago uh, with, a, with a bunch of guys, and there was a guy, you know, claimed he was a fruitarian. I mean, this guy, if I don't know if his chicken fell off a tree, it was a, 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 a fruit or something like that, but so. You know, you, we got to come to our own decisions. Look at the biological design. Look what we were really designed to eat. <clears throat> look at, look yeah. at what you have to go through to get there. That's not a deficiency. There's always a transmit, a transition, no matter which way you're going. Absolutely. Let me, let me give you two more short questions uh, that from from your poll that you took on your Instagram. Once again, go ahead and follow. Dr. Freddie at Fred Bishy B I S C I, and you can ask some questions the next time we post a post a poll. But uh, two yeah. more quick questions, Dr. Freddie, <laughs> uh, before we wrap up here. One of them is uh, from Laura, looks like, and it says favorite immune supplements to take daily is how she is how she phrases. So I mean, I don't know if you're a supplement person, but like, what are maybe what are some immune supplements people could take? Uh, or what? How do you boost your immunity? Well, I think I, I think the most important thing to keep your immunity strong is clean air, water, and get enough rest, and eat a clean diet. But if you want to take supplements, uh, you know, I like Belasta. That's good. Probiotics, uh, digestive enzymes, systemic enzymes, which are anti-inflammatory. There's a lot of you know aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. Some people like aromatherapy, which is good. You know, used correctly. There's a lot of people. There's people out there that you know that number of people out there pushing the ketogenic diet and selling people aromatherapy oils. That's people want to do. It's okay with me, but I don't do that. Um, there's great herbals. Yeah. Uh, um, herbally grounded in uh, Nevada has some great formulas. I use them sometimes. You know, they have formulas like Breathe Easy right now with with uh, would help people. It's quite possible. Uh, there's a liquid vitamin called Rush. That's a raw vitamin. There's a lot of good stuff out there that I could, you know, recommend. Uh, I don't want to recommend things straight across the board for people. But if you have to follow, right. use a supplement. Make sure you you're using a supplement that uh, it's a whole food supplement. You know, it's made uh, correctly. If it's in mega doses, it's not. It's working for pharmacologically if it's a very high dosage it's working pharmacologically if it's a low dosage your body's gonna utilize it as if it was food but um good probiotics are really really important because the effect it has on the microbiome i think that's really important digestive enzymes of course people tell you okay. that you become dependent on them you don't produce your own enzymes that's not true that's more stuff that's pure supposition or people have uh an agenda um, vitamin D, you know, okay. it's, uh, it's vitamin D is, um, has a great effect on your immune system. A lot of people use, uh, during the flu season, they take high doses of vitamin D, uh, lipospheric vitamin C, the right, or liposomal vitamin C, the right types of vitamin C. They work very, very well. I have a lot of people not feeling well. I suggest that they take them. I don't know what, you know, I don't know. I don't. Right. No, those are all, that's great. Um, you know, and, and if you want to hear what Dr. Fred shared there, just go, 
go back about a minute and a half and just kind of pause it and write down some of that stuff if you're interested. And you did mention one, uh, Dr. Freddie, that that I remember uh, it stuck out to me. Could you just give me, you know, another 30 seconds yeah, on what Velasta really, is? Uh, you know, Maybe people haven't heard of Velasta. When I first heard about it, I just, I, I just ignored it because uh, I thought it was just a joke, you know, a form of quackery. So I ignored it. But then uh, I heard somebody told me that they knew somebody was very sick and they took it and it worked very, very well. It's the most powerful anti-inflammatory um, known to man. And, it, uh, you know, a majority... 85% of our disease is probably caused by inflammation. Then a friend of mine is a pastor of a church in Brooklyn. He told me a worship leader in his church was, had cancer, and she used it and helped her dramatically. Then I heard somebody else, and then somebody else told me about it. I said, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, Freddie. You know, I know I'm not, uh, you know, I, I got to take a look at this. You know, I, I might be a little slow on the uptake, but so I called up to, you know, Sam Shepard and, um, I found out that he worked for NASA and he's a, a forensic scientist and he's got a master's degree in physics and he's got a couple of master's degree and he's a very, you know, he's, uh, he done a lot of research. He did a lot of, uh, designed a lot of weapons for the, uh, you know, kind of secret bio- biological weapons for the federal government. And so I had a great conversation with him and, uh, I, I was very impressed with the guy and I felt very satisfied that he was an honest guy with integrity and he said he was going to Washington and he invited me and my friend to go down there and spend the weekend with him and we went down there and I came back you know a believer and so um remember is it a great thing does the Velasta help with the coronavirus directly no no it doesn't does it help with the inflammation absolutely absolutely so it's something that people have to look mm-hmm. at. You know, we have to, of course, right. we have to listen to, the, to what the president's trying to do, the medical authorities, but, and follow all the rules. We got to be respectful of what happens to other people. But I believe we got to take responsibility yep. for our own health. I know me at this point in my life, I'm 90 years old. I mean, and, you know, in my experience and my background, I'm not going to go out and do something I don't believe is correct or what hasn't got me to this point in spite of the fact of what happened to me. I, I, if I had listened to some of the traditional experts, I would have never survived what happened to me. Never. It just wouldn't have happened. Right. Right. Uh, so uh, uh, and we're almost wrapped up here, but uh, two last little things. You get a lot of people uh, I, I help you monitor your, your inbox, um, on, on Instagram and you get a lot of messages, uh, from people in your general inbox, uh, that are asking questions about this specific, um, item called either ionic or colloidal silver. Yeah, do you want to, kinds, do you want to mention on that right now? Or, or, out no. there. And, uh, silver does work. I'm actually taking it myself. It does. It really does work. And, um, not all silver is the same. Some, you know, it works. But um, there's a guy down in Tampa, Florida, that um, I know that produces uh, what I believe to be the. You know, a lot of people are talking about nano silver, and and of course there's a lot of people charging exorbitant prices for it, and making un- unbelievable claims. I mean, I what I 
what I could say about this, I take it myself. I got my grandchildren taking it. I got my, my wife taking it and my daughter's taking it. I would be doing that if I didn't think it really, it really works. And, and of course, <laughs> if somebody, you know, I don't want to say too much openly, but if somebody wants to talk to me, I am available for right. consultations. And, uh, I, you know, of course the, um, you know, the, uh, the guy that produces that too, it's called Pro Silver, and his name is Jay Newman, and he has a website. You can mm-hmm. look at all the research, and you know you could try it for yourself if you want to. Yep, yep, and I think his I think his website, uh, Jay Newman's website, is silver100.com. And uh, in fact, I was talking with him just the other day, uh, and it, it was great. I I got some for ourselves, and. Uh, it's actually been, I won't, obviously I'm not a doctor. I'm just a, you know, tech guy out here in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> but um, I, I have seen a, a significant and quick benefit of his ionic silver. Um, so yeah, check out his website, silver 100. And, and as Dr. Freddie said, uh, he, he cut out a little bit because of the virtual way that we're recording this episode. But if you didn't hear it, uh, he did say that he's also interested and available to be taking personal um, appointments. He can do those over the phone, um, probably all during this time uh, over the phone until uh, the the ban uh, or the isolation is lifted. But uh, we can help you guys get in contact with Dr. Freddie uh, this week if you're interested in making something like that. Happen. Kevin, can, so, say, um, can I say one more thing? Absolutely, please I, do. You know, because of my, the exposure I had to black mold, which is the worst they ever really seen. It was really bad. And uh, I uh, I honestly be, uh, believe that the, the, the few supplements I'm taking uh, um, and my lifestyle, because I believe I'm, I am immunocompromised, not so much because of my age. I, a lot of people, chronological and biological age are two completely different things. I think because the exposure to mold and uh, maybe I have some scar tissue in my bronchial tubes or something like that. But, uh, you know, as soon as this is over, hopefully I'm planning on going on a fast and it won't be long before I'll be getting into uh, the, the hyperbaric chamber again. Because I want to see, you know, how well all this works as I get into a very advanced age, if I do, if it does happen, you know. So, it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is very um, interesting point of my life because I want to see how well this works and how far it's going to carry me at this point in my life. I feel, you know, feel really good. And, um, you know, I want to try to get as much information out, mentor as many people as I possibly can. Uh, it's really important that we all stick together now and people help each other. We are brothers keeper and make people aware of uh, what a play. I, you know, I want people to know the power of the cross and what it's done for me. I mean, a lot of people, they don't, they might think that's, that's ridiculous, but it's really, really not, you know, it's really a powerful thing. The, the, the grace of God and the power of faith gives you a boldness and the courage beyond human understanding to walk a risen life in this fallen world. And this is, this is a defining moment in most of our lives. This is a, a moment when a lot of people are frightened. We have to make an, um, important decisions and not to be in denial, you know, not to second guess what some of the experts are doing. 
But it is a time for us to take responsibility for our own personal health with our lifestyle. And there's nobody out there giving you real good uh, dietary advice, you know, so. It's true. All right. Well, that's great, Dr. Freddie. And uh, really appreciate uh, connecting with you today. And um, and if you guys, if anyone watching or listening, I mean, uh, want to try and connect with Dr. Fred, he will have a few openings coming up here pretty soon. Uh, make sure to follow his uh, Instagram at Dr. Fred at, at Fred Bishy F R E D B I S C I on Instagram, and you can watch for his stories and the link in his bio that will be updated soon for an online calendar where you can see if he has any open appointments and uh, when you, and how you can schedule those during this time. Uh, if you want some nutritional advice or uh, consults. Dr. Fred has been counseling people for a long time and uh, in, even including me, it was great. So Dr. Bishy, uh, until our next episode, which I mean, we can do these as often as we want. So, I mean, with how easy it is now, so. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get, you know, if people, listen, if people just want to ask questions uh, the way we're doing it now, by all means, I'll just keep answering the questions. If, you know, and they might read my book though, it's so easy and so simple to follow but we'll just go on with the questions that's all as we get the questions i'll answer the questions to the best of my ability and um you know we'll just try to get the message for real health out there and try to not be part of any kind of a controversy somebody you know wants to follow another type of a lifestyle i'm certainly not gonna get into any kind of a, a debate discussion with people i don't i'm long past doing something like that i'm not out to prove anything you know right except except what i found to be healthy and and and, you know to make people realize that having faith in god is really really an important part but that's what the most important part of my life is right now not i don't even think too much about uh the food i'm gonna eat it's very simple for me there's actually nothing to it and i enjoy it The, the thing is I enjoy what I eat so much, and people would say, gee, isn't that boring? No, not at all. No, <laughs> all right. right. I think that was great. I certainly appreciate, uh, you know, what you're doing. And that I think that, you know, it, uh, we make a pretty good team here. I think you really, really helped me get get this out there, you know. Hey, thanks, Doctor Freddie. We'll we'll make we'll make it happen, and uh, we'll we'll make sure to get there for people that that need you need your voice right now in this generation. And uh, if you need more information, again, follow Doctor Fred on his Instagram or go to his website, yourhealthyjourney.org. And uh, definitely, if you haven't had a copy of his book, you have to get it. If you have any understanding of nutrition or how the body works, this book will just make sense. So make sure to grab a copy either from Amazon or you can follow the link to Amazon from yourhealthyjourney.org. Dr. Bishy, uh, as always, it's a pleasure and uh, can't wait to chat with you again soon. And I hope you have a good evening and we will uh, get our next episode up and going. And and that's it. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. All right. Yep. Uh, blessings. Bless you. Take care. All the best. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.